Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Is this that JPP podcast? You're the one that I want. You're all the one I want. Ooh, 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 honey, you're the one that I want. You are the one I want. Hey, uh, can, you, can you do the intro? Jeez, Louise. I'm driving, honey. No, I just want to Okay, real okay, quick. fine. I mean, we haven't... Okay, I guess... Pops and Tony talk NFL and... All that and more this week on Just Press Play. That's great, thank you. Okay, The Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. Alright. I want you used to use Ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman. You like apples? Well, all right, guys, here we are. We have a little bit uh, shorter stick this week. It's just the old men, Tony and Pops. Uh, here, you can call me Lifford, uh, Tony. You don't have to call me Pops. I'm, I'm going to call you Dr. Lift. Dude. We're going we're gonna to take this old school tonight. So, um, And I don't know what you're talking about, short stick. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> let's take this. Let's take it old school. We're going we're gonna to throw some knowledge down on them tonight. We're going to just talk through some things, mostly about the NFL. Um, I did. I'm reaching in my backpack because I do remember coming up to something kind of interesting that I'll have to find as we go through this. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try to stay on the straight and narrow tonight. But normally when Dr. Liff and I get together, um, we we have a tendency to talk about things we probably should talk about. But uh, there was this one time in a hotel room. and Yeah, but and, see, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you should continue. <laughs> but here's the good thing. LJ who likes me pretty well, does know how to edit and delete. So, Tony, <laughs> feel free. Say what you got to say, yeah. and we'll just see it's, what happens. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Well, um, I guess I wanted to start us out a little bit talking about uh, potential offensive and defensive rookies of the year. Uh, I think that the offensive rookie of the year is probably set, but I think there's a few people to discuss. So I guess I would ask you, Tony, who would be your offensive? Well, let's start with the defense. Offense is a little more fun. So let's yeah. start with the defensive rookie of the year, which I think is a little bit up, more up the yeah. grabs. And, and defensively, yeah, defensively for me, it's it's not my strongest suit. I'm trying to think of the um, uh, the defensive You want me to give you some names? You want me to yeah, give you some names? Uh, yeah. Some names to consider are Derwin James, the safety at the at the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. I believe his name is Leighton Vanderesh. Vanderesh, the linebacker at the Cowboys. Yeah, you've got Darius Leonard, the linebacker at Indianapolis, that has six sacks and also, by the way, leads the league in tackles as a yeah. rookie. Yeah, 
This is an odd one, Tony, but I'm going to bring this guy up. Michael Dixon, the punter at Seattle, who has changed a few (laughs) games for Seattle. I don't think he's going to get Defensive Rookie of the Year, but he's worth bringing up. Two more quick ones. Bradley Chubb, the defensive end opposite of uh, Von Miller at Denver, who's had a pretty good year. And then Denzel Ward, the cornerback for Cleveland, who's who's, uh, actually Cleveland's got some talent, and we may or may not get into that, but certainly they have some talent. Yeah. So those are the guys that I see that are kind of in the running for defensive rookie of the year. Who were you thinking of? Well, the Robert? guy I was thinking of was uh, was Chubb with Denver. I, I think that, and you saw that this past uh, weekend uh, with the Denver's victory over the the Steelers. That that's a pretty still a pretty decent defense, um, keeping them in the playoff hunt. And uh, uh, he has played well on the opposite of opposite of of Miller. Now I. Leonard, though, at Indianapolis, we mentioned it a little bit last week. Indianapolis has really turned that defense around from their first couple of games. And so uh, I think Leonard's having a hell of a season. Uh, You make a good point about um, uh, Mr. Dixon, the punter. Uh, It'll be interesting if he's not rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, but he's special teams player of the year. Uh, and I, I, I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Because, you know, you don't really have I, – I, there's not really an outstanding re, uh, return man out there this year. And returns have really – you don't see many of those this year. We haven't seen a Devin Hester-type season from anybody right. this year. So, uh, I would – but for me, the defensive player, I, I think it's Leonard – or Chubb. You know, I would agree. I think it's probably Leonard uh, and and Chubb would be the second guy I would think. Now, because I'm a Cowboy fan, I do have a little uh, predisposition to Vander Esch, who I think has, quite frankly, played his ass off this year and yeah. done a hell of a job. Uh, certainly, he's had the opportunity a lot because Sean Lee's <laughs> ability double has been unavailable. <laughs> double, so hammy, double hammy Lee uh, has given him that opportunity. Yeah, and I, I would agree with you there. He's a great story, uh, you know, coming out of uh, eight on eight football and and not playing. Where did he high play school. college? Uh, Boise uh, State, I believe. Oh no, Boise State. Boise Wyoming? State, or for sure, it wasn't reason. BYU. I'm pretty sure it was Boise. Boise, okay. Um, and uh, and to to get where he's at, but I don't think it's a. If Lee doesn't get hurt, I don't think he's having the year, and he's really only been that that uh, that strong these last five games, four or five games. So. True, true. I've noticed him much more the last bit, and I will say that I think Jalen Smith makes him look really good because Jalen Smith, who's not technically a rookie, he was out all of last year, I think, with that knee injury. Yeah. Um, But, boy, is he playing good at linebacker. The Dallas defense looks to be for real to me. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll find out this week for sure. Yeah, we'll find out this week, no doubt. So that brings us then to the offensive rookies of the year, which probably more people will be familiar with. And I guess like I did with the defensive rookies, I'm going to just throw some names out at you and then we can discuss any and all that you want to. Okay. And I'm going to bring the first one up is the guy I think probably is running away with it is Saquon Barkley at the New York Giants. He's, yeah. I mean, he, I think he is pun intended running away with the, with the <laughs> award. I think others that do merit some discussion is Philip Lindsay, the, the uh, running back at Denver that, when undrafted, I think he was a, a free agent signing and has mm-hmm. taken the job from the highly drafted, uh, was it Freeman? Royce, Royce Freeman? Freeman, yeah. 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 Um, Nick Chubb, who's had a great last few games without that offensive powerhouse of Todd Haley and Hugh, Jack- <laughs> Hugh Jackson. Jackson there. Yeah. Um, 
I think DJ Moore, the uh, receiver at at Carolina, has really started stepping his game up. It may be he probably started a little later in the in the game. Uh, The other guy, and this is another guy at Indianapolis, is Quentin Nelson, that guard that has protected Andrew Luck this year. I think they've also got a young tackle. And if you want to just know, Andrew Luck is the 35th most sacked quarterback. There's only 32 teams. (laughs) <laughs> and so he has been sacked only 11 times yeah. and and is 35th in the most sacks. So he's been sacked less than some backup quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hell of a thing. Who needs Kevin when you got Dr. Liff? <laughs> well, Kevin, Kevin comes up with some better stats than that. By yeah, the way, shout out good. to Kevin and LJ. We miss you guys. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, short stick was that it's just me and Tony and not you two <laughs> helping us. So uh, Interesting, though, Tony, while, while I'm, I'm on the floor here, the, can you name the only other starting quarterback with less sacks than Andrew Luck? And it's not you, – you probably could do this. He's also the most accurate quarterback so far this oh, year. Oh, it's Phillip Rivers. No. No. Oh. That was last week, but I'm talking oh. overall this year today. Overall this year? Uh, he plays south south of us in a dome oh, in warm weather. Uh, the- it would be Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees has only been sacked 10 times this year. Does, Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Does it count if uh, Taysom Hill has been sacked? Can we do team well, sacks? You know, <laughs> you're right. That's a good point. Taysom Hill may have taken a few of those sacks away from him. But nevertheless, we're talking nevertheless, about the rookies of the year. And Quentin yeah. Nelson, I think the guard at Indianapolis, deserves some uh, mention. I yeah. don't think you're going to see an interior lineman. Uh, yeah. he, on the offense, win it. But. That would be tough. So those are the guys that I thought merited mention. What do you think, Tony? Well, yeah, I, and so it's obviously Saquon Barkley's to to take home. And you know, I wish though it was uh, there was a uh, handicap system for rookie of the year because if there was a handicap system, I think Philip Lindsay has it hands down because he has completely changed uh, the way Denver was looking at their offense. Not that they're just, you know, a powerhouse, um, but still he has completely changed the way that they game plan. And I think he merits a lot of consideration for rookie of the year, but Saquon Barkley, not that he is a uh, generational talent. He may be, but uh, (laughs) He uh, he may be, but he is the full package. He is, he runs it. He catches it. He runs with speed. He runs with power. It would be, uh, I think, it probably a, a disservice not to have him be rookie of the year. If the Giants had a winning record, uh, he would. <laughs> I think you'd have him in the MVP talk uh, because of what he means to that team. But there's there's just no way. And uh, and he's uh, you know he's not setting it on fire, but he is sure having a great great season. So those well, would no be no doubt mine. about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm in agreement with you. I think Philip Lindsay does deserve mention, and I think he's the only one really that's done it all year in that group that I mentioned, mm-hmm. other than possibly Quentin Nelson, because I'm not watching interior offensive line play often. <laughs> but we, uh, you just notice them when they screw up. Yeah, that's pretty right. Much when you notice those guys. Only, only when so, they get their uh, name called by the ref. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Lindsey and Barkley would yeah, be the two that absolutely. I would look at. Baker Mayfield. Some people said Baker Mayfield might get some no, notice, I'll, but I don't think so. I got some comments on Baker Mayfield later, but it's for later. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, you know, one thing I'd say about rookies, and that's a great – Comment, a great topic there, Dr. Liff. 
uh, Kevin, hopefully he's taking notes. The um, uh, A lot of these times, these rookies are just looking for chances. DJ Moore has taken off when Torrey Smith went down. Uh, Baker Mayfield took off when they benched uh, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, so you see a lot of these rookies get these opportunities when injuries come to those guys in front of them. And and that's where you really start to see them take off. And and so I, that DJ Moore, I think, is a perfect example of that. Got his opportunity and took it. Philip Lindsay just flat went out there and and outperformed Royce Freeman. And, and that was, that's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from the very first game, very first game. Well, what we're going to talk about now, Tony, is I've, I've kind of looked through some of the games this weekend. I watched several and uh, looked at some of the box scores. And I'm just going to give you some things that stood out to me mm-hmm. and just let's maybe comment on them. I thought the first one that was that stuck out to me was the uh, Houston Texans beating Tennessee 34 to 17. So soundly beating the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And what stuck out for me there was Lamar Miller had 162 <laughs> yards on 12 rushes. Where has he been all year? And I'm going to pull a Tony. He's on my fantasy team. Where the hell has he been all year? <laughs> he showed up last week for damn sure. Yeah. The you other know. thing in a losing cause, Martin, uh, not Martin, what's it? Marcus Mariota uh-huh. was 22 of 23 for 304 yards and two touchdowns. So those are the yeah. things that stuck out to me in a losing cause. Yeah. From that well, game. And I will say this on Lamar Miller. Yeah. And that was a, a 97 yards of that came on that one run which was an incredible run, and all of a sudden he just broke out. And I didn't realize Lamar Miller could run with a bear chasing him because that's what it looked like he was doing, or or a red wasp. It was one of the two um, (laughs) that were chasing him because, man, he took off out of a cannon, and that safety for uh, Tennessee just could not catch up. It was pretty interesting and had an angle, and, and Lamar just went right past him. That was pretty impressive. I'm surprised Lamar didn't go sit in a in a tub of ice after that run. But uh, he takes some oxygen. <laughs> yeah, oxygen kept going. But, yeah, absolutely. And Mariota, I, I talked about a little bit last week when we had some discussions by some kid that was here at my house about Tennessee not being in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I think it – it matters what Mariota does, and and you saw that last night. He he can control the game. He's he is a uh, he is a game style quarterback. Uh, let the defense do most of the work. I'm gonna get you a couple touchdowns. I'm gonna be accurate, short throws. But some of that is is a factor that he he can't he can't throw the ball deep like a lot of uh, quarterbacks can, and that kind of limits his ability. But when you get 303 yards on 22 throws, you're doing all right. Uh, but uh, man, Tennessee jumped yeah. out last night, ten nothing lead. Uh, shout out to mybookie.ag. They took some of my money last night. I got excited, thinking Tennessee was going to roll, so I doubled down, and they showed me that I'm not supposed to do that. So uh, good for them. <laughs> but uh, but it was a good game. I I, I thought, uh, uh, but I, you know, yeah, it'd be nice if Lamar Miller would have done that weeks one through four. Yes, yes. But once again, my bookie is showing why Tony does not need to quit his day job and start gambling hey, just yeah, for no. a living. Absolutely. I'm you're t- out of that van down by the river. Yeah, right? I'm, not, back, I'm out back. of the van. You're I'm not down. in the van tonight. So we're still good because <laughs> okay. I didn't bet that. So I, one thing I do want to say about that, since you brought up my bookie, or I brought up my bookie. Yeah, I made a mistake on last week on last week's podcast. You know, I didn't realize I, – I flipped on Detroit between 
uh, when we did the podcast and Thursday because Carrion Johnson was out and then Marvin Jones is out. Um, that definitely changed my mind about uh, about Detroit. We can forget that anytime there's a plus <laughs> by Detroit. Now it's uh, that we need to get out of that. But I did hit the I did hit the Sunday afternoon parlay, so I did make money this weekend. So that's good. That's good. Well, that a boy, that a boy. Way yeah. to go, Tom. Yeah, we like Miami. One of the uh, Miami might be. I can't remember if they're in here or not. But another game that really caught my attention was Seattle beating the Carolina Panthers, and that's not to bring up your past discourse. No, in, I, they cost me money again. Thing. Yeah, thing. But I thought Seattle beating Carolina uh, there. Uh, I think it was. Wasn't that a last minute field goal? It was. I didn't, yeah. I, I think I saw some highlights. Yep. Um, and and I guess what really shocked me there is how far Carolina's fallen so fast. They're not out of it, but do you realize they have not played New Orleans yet? Right. They still have two games with New Orleans. Now, yep. one of those may not matter. Right. But uh, that was a big win for Seattle, big. in my opinion. Yeah, huge win. Man, they really played. They're, they're really coming together uh, since um, – I uh, see. I'm gonna forget his name now. Since what's his name flipped him off and said, "Screw you guys, I'm out of here." Um, they're they're doing uh, great. Earl Earl uh, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. Yeah, they have really rallied. It's not the Legion of. Wait a minute. It's not the Legion of Boom. That's not, but they're doing a good job. Earl Thomas Conley. I'm not thinking of Earl Thomas Conley. Rose colored glasses. No, am I? No. It is Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas it? was. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good Who one. Who is doctor. ETC? We do know ETC. We're going, Thomas we're going old school now. He's Rose Colored Glasses. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Seattle really has rallied. And and I've been a Carolina fan since uh, week one. I, I thought they had really put themselves together to be a, have a good run down the stretch. And they've had a tough three game uh, three game stretch here where they have put themselves in jeopardy of not making the playoffs. Now the thing they do have though is they do control their own destiny and they can uh, uh, win out. Win, I guess. Four of the next five, I think they'll they'll still make the playoffs, or maybe even three out of the next five. They're still in line for that. So, um, but yeah, I, I think Seattle, who's it was on somebody's buy buy list, uh, looks pretty good. They, they have really turned around yeah. and are running the football. They are running yeah, the football. I put Seattle. I called them out of the playoffs in week two. That uh, was a little, uh, <laughs> little. That was a little premature. Little premature. I will say. You may need yeah, to ascertain a- if that was the right pick. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad one, uh, looking back at my playoffs list. Um, okay, something else that came uh, that, that seemed odd to me is Baltimore, of course, beat Oakland. No big deal there. Beat them 34-17, to 17, doubled their score. Yeah. I guess my question for you is, is Derek Carr going to be the quarterback of the Raiders when they're in Las Vegas? I, I kind of get the idea he won't be. You know, I do – remember seeing a quote from Gruden a couple weeks ago and he committed to uh, Derek Carr. I think they are pretty much imploding around him. <laughs> and that's unfortunate. We may have talked about the Carr brothers needing to find him a barbecue joint out in West Texas because <laughs> yeah, right. they're getting the shit kicked out of them as NFL quarterbacks. But, um, you know, I, I, they're still planning on building that team around him. I think he's going to want to try to build some kind of power power running game. I think he's figured out this guy's a play action guy and he's going to need that protection. Um, but he's got to get some speed. They, they are in dire need of some speed. And, um, and it's, it's a great reason for them to get rid of Amari Cooper because he's not the speed guy. He's turning out to be a great possession receiver for the Cowboys, but, um, talk about that later, but, um, they need some speed and he'll go out getting speed and power, uh, 
on that offensive uh, side of the football, and I think Carr is still the quarterback. And Lordy's got enough draft picks to do it. No so kidding. We, we, no we kidding. know that. Yep. Since you brought him up, Amari Cooper, you know, you're saying he's not a speed guy, and, I, and I'm really – I'm unsure about this. Obviously, he had a, what, a 40 and a 80 or 90-yard touchdown, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And I believe it was on the 90-yard touchdown, the longer one, where Prescott threw it into triple coverage. Yeah. And Cooper went up and got it. I mean, that was kind of an ill-advised throw. And then he just got the got the jump on the guys and outran them to the end zone. So a couple of questions. One, is Amari Cooper, he's certainly worth a first-round pick that may be in the latter half of the first round. Yeah. And was that an, that was an ill-advised pass that was just <laughs> fortuitous for Prescott, was it not? I, two things there, yes and no. And, and so I can't believe I'm going to say this. Um, but that was actually if if Prescott and Cooper uh, that pass was thrown if he meant to do it. So let's just say if he meant to do it, that actually is a pass that you want that guy to go up and get, and that's what Amari Cooper is supposed yes. to be able to do. And those those number one receivers go up and get those heavily contested balls. That's what AJ Green does. That's what. Antonio Brown does, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, and the guy that I think he looks the most like, Demarius Thomas. Uh, those are the those are the kind of passes they get. And I've read more and more where there have been more talk about how well Amari Cooper runs routes, and um, he's not the the best speed guy, but he's very specific in his routes. And they were breaking that down on a a, a service that I get, and they were showing some of those some of those routes. And it's actually true that he, you know, looking at that, he's back to being you know a great route runner. I think he may have been just a little bit disillusioned, shall we say, in Oakland, and maybe this is fair enough. Yeah. Maybe this has woke him up. But he's that guy. He's not going to beat you with speed, but he's going to beat you uh, with the route running. And we see a lot of guys. Adam Thielen uh, is is that way, uh, and mm-hmm. um, so mm-hmm. you know, but he's so much more physical than a Thielen. And so when you get that triple coverage, you know, like A.J. Green, you go up and you get that, and then you take off. And he's got enough speed on the backside, you know, to to, to beat the safety down the line. Well, and I don't want to belabor the point, but I, I've certainly seen how a good receiver can open up an offense. Uh, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is, is able to run the ball because they have to respect Cooper on the outside. Uh, maybe as much as you're alluding to with his route running ability as as speed, but he appears to have reasonably good hands. I know he had the dropsies there for a little while. Yep. Just knock on wood and yep. not start that bad. But boy, <laughs> a good receiver can really, really make a difference uh, in an offense. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and and just for balance. I mean, I, golly, I I don't want to. It's so hard. Not to drink this Kool-Aid, man. I'm just telling you, for the Cowboys. <laughs> we can move off of it. I didn't even have the Cowboys on the I list don't to talk do about. It. But yeah, you're right. It, it. If he has brought balance, if he's brought balance to the force, then all is well, you know? <laughs> okay. Let's move to a couple of different teams. So another one that, and, and as a Cowboy fan, I don't know what I wanted to happen here. Probably I wanted Philly to lose, but Philly beat the New York Giants. Barely. And what was interesting to me, yes, they barely beat him. But So a guy we talked about earlier, Saquon Barkley, had 111 yards rushing and two TDs after the opening drive of the second half. He ended the game with 111 rushing yards. <laughs> what the – this is my WTF section of the podcast. Yeah. WTF, yeah. why do you have a guy that's got 111 yards rushing and two TDs 
and you don't give him the ball anymore. Beat the, what is what WTF, Tony? I don't get that. I you know, and I didn't follow that game all the way. I was flipping back and forth with it, um, so I didn't get to see all of it. But you know, that's again, we've got a guy that's Shermer. You know. Still trying to figure out what kind of coach is he going to be, uh, figuring out that team. And I, I, why you not you don't feed that monster? I don't understand. You've got to lead, <laughs> pound him, just pound him. I, I I don't know if he's was was hurt or if he was you know not you know on top of it. If they if Eli was uh, audibling out of those calls, I, I don't know. But it doesn't make any sense. It makes about I, as much the ball five times. Yeah, it makes it about as much hand. sense as to lose your star running back for four weeks because of a double fucking reverse. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, that could be keeping on with the WTF <laughs> section of the podcast, and that'll be a good one to get to here in just a minute. So the Buffalo Bills <laughs> con- continued the the fall uh, fall of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but here's my WTF of this one. <laughs> So they're back, their premier back, their first round draft choice, who had, I think, a pretty great first half in the game, Mr. Leonard Fournette, leaves the bench and gets ejected for fighting. He runs across the field. He's not even on the field playing and gets ejected for fighting. Yeah. Again, Tony, I say WTF. What is that? What's going on there? That's a that's a redneck Louisiana boy is what that is. But, you know, that's what they teach him down there at LSU, I guess. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, that was really bad. And um, I, I haven't read all the particulars about it. I saw the they was they kept on fighting in the tunnel. I don't know if you saw that. Not only were they fighting on the field, they continued it. They ejected them, and they got in a fight in the tunnel. And by the God way, sake. Leonard Fournette is suspended this week. So congratulations, wow. all you people trying to make the uh, fantasy playoffs out there. Leonard Fournette, yeah, zero. So uh, good effing luck. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's just. That's just stupid. And and I will take that back. If if he played on the Dallas Cowboys, we'd be blaming Jason Garrett and his the way he coaches. Well, I I'm gonna blame that on the Jacksonville Jaguars and they're just they're just lack of, of caring about this season. And so Well, and just a piggyback on that, Tone. So do you know who the backup quarterback is for Jacksonville? It's a guy named Cody Kessler. Oh, Cody, the, that's right. And here's the problem with that. The problem is we should have already known who was the backup quarterback at the Jacksonville Jaguars. So finally, in his infinite wisdom, is uh, who's the coach there? Who's the coach? Uh, it's uh, uh, Marone. Yeah, Doug Marone. Marone? Yeah. Doug Marone, in his infinite wisdom, decides in week, what, 13, I think yes. we're in, that he's going to give Cody Kessler the star. <laughs> Oh, really? Again, I say, WTF, what is going on here? Well, man, I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the Jacksonville Jaguars training center this week, especially on Monday. One, they fire their offensive coordinator, and and you see the quotes from him. He's like, well, I thought we were going in to talk about having Bortles sit the bench, and I got fired. That's like no shit, Sherlock. You know, you, you think you can't put two and two together on that one, but uh, and so so they fire their OC, they uh, demote Bortles, and Leonard Fournette suspended for fighting. You know what a great week for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I think 
The only thing I can think of that could happen next is that we'll we'll get the note that they've been sold to London and they're going to be the London <laughs> yeah. the London Jaguars. So finally, yeah. that's about the only thing else we guys. can think of this week for them. So, and we'll finish up there. I've got two more games to bring up. One, uh, you'll get your WTF <laughs> moment in a minute. The uh, the Los Angeles Chargers beat Arizona 45-10. to 10. Big whoop. Nobody, uh, that's nothing unexpected. Yeah. What was is that Phillip Rivers, who I mentioned, I think, last week, is, I think, Hall of Fame material, completed 25 straight passes and ended the game 28 of 29. Yeah. Wow. What a game. That's uh, that's an amazing accomplishment for – I. Uh, hell, a guy's got eight kids. I don't know when he has time to practice football. <laughs> Maybe that's why he does practice football, because he's got eight kids. Maybe. He's out of the house. He spends all his time <laughs> to practice hey, man, Sorry, I'd love to stay and change diapers. I got to go. <laughs> And, and then I'm going to give you the floor because I've got Mr. Gordon, Melvin Gordon, in one of my fantasy leagues. It's it's not the one that we happen to yeah, play in together. I do. Uh, and so I know he suffered a right MCL injury. And you were kind of telling me, how exactly uh, did that come <laughs> so, about, Tony? Yeah, can you- I can. So they're up, I think, either 27-10 or 37-10. I can't remember the exact score. Uh Prestige Worldwide would be able to tell us, but it's in the it's in middle of the third. It's not even the start. It's the middle of the third quarter, and so they draw up the good old double reverse. So it's not like oh, we better surprise these guys because we haven't been able to move the football on them at all. <laughs> We've got to figure out a way yeah. to move the football, and they call a double reverse. And on the double reverse, Gordon gets leg whipped. I don't. Nobody called it. He gets leg whipped by the tackler. Down goes Frazier. Oops, right MCL strain week to week. Probably a four-week injury. He might be back for week 17. We'll see. But that is so stupid. So that brings up a question, and Lifford, I know you always uh, value your opinion on this when we talk about these philosophical things. So, you know, where where do you think – should Melvin Gordon have been in the game? Where do you draw the line on a professional player – whether they should be in the game or out of the game. You've got a big lead. They're getting paid to play. People buy tickets to see these people play. But where do you draw the line? The guy was questionable coming into the game, already had a knee injury, wasn't supposed to play, played in, talked his way into the game, had already played a full half, and, and gets that injury at, at, at what turns out to be a most inopportune time. But I also understand, hey, man, they're getting paid to play. They ought to be out there for 60 minutes. What's your take on that? Well, all right, a couple of things. One, so they're playing the lowly Arizona Cardinals. It's not like they're playing the L.A. Rams or anything like that. They're playing one of the worst teams in the league. They've got a significant lead. It's at least the middle of the third quarter, I think you mm-hmm. you, you stated. And – so those are my couple of things, but here's the main thing. You're paid to win games. You're paid to win championships. I'm telling you, if I'm a coach, I sit my players any damn time I want to. I'm not playing to the crowd. I'm playing to win games and win championships, and that's all I'm trying to do. This is a little bit different subject, but in the NBA, they're talking about resting players. And you know what? If, if, if back in the day, the Chicago Bulls were in Dallas, and that's my chance to see Michael Jordan, they sit him out, I – you know, I'd have been disappointed. I would have been disappointed, no doubt about it. If LeBron comes to, to Dallas and they sit him out, I'd be disappointed. But I get it. It's an 82-game season, and they're, play, they're, they're trying to win championships. Yeah. So I think if you're up in the middle of the third quarter, 
you don't run a damn trick play <laughs> with with your all pro running back. You just don't do it. So I'm with you. Take him out, set him on the bench, let him rest up for next right. week. And you know, you mentioned the NBA, and I was going to ask you about that. And I'm glad you brought that up because I've always been, and I'm not the most versed person on the NBA, but uh, you know, I've noticed that's becoming a trend. I hear you know Stephen A. Smith talk about it. That's really I hear him yell at my TV about why they need to play. But anyway, I you know I I now kind of say you know what I, I get that you know you gotta you gotta rest him you gotta take him out and Gordon shouldn't have been in the game. But you on the other hand though here's my here's my other thought about it to, for the devil's advocate thing is you can't play scared if you're scared of yeah. an injury to someone you, you know those things are just going to happen. You can't play scared. And so you've got to continue to play the game and, and, and injuries happen, but you know what? Not on double reverses in the middle of the third quarter against the Cardinals, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, no, I agree. So where would you stand on, you know, it's uh week 16, week 17, you've got the, uh, you've got the uh, bye week playoff bye week uh, uh, wrapped up. Do you rest your players or do you play them to keep them hot? I, I play them a half and rest them because you want to you want to put them out there to keep them hot, you know, uh, to give them the opportunity. But I don't see any reason why they play in the second half. If you're if you are the number one or number two seed, now if you're the number two seed and have a chance for the number one, you should be playing. If you're the number two and you don't have a chance to move anywhere, you're not playing them. I don't even know if you start them week seventeen. There are some people that say give them two weeks off; they're going to be rusty. Not after. 18, 20, after like 24 weeks of preseason and training camp and a, and a full slate of football, they're going to be fine. I, I, I'm, I'm not a big believer in the, Hey, you can't let them get the rust. I, I think you let them get the rest and keep them out from getting that, getting that injury risk and, and you move forward. So I think I agree yeah. with you. You know, I would say too, one other is if you have a chance to have a perfect season, uh, like I think was it Indianapolis years ago or something, and Tony Dungy that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can't but, remember Peyton Manning or I can't remember. Everybody. But they, but yeah, I just think if you have a chance to have a perfect season, that, that again, that's like, mm-hmm. and maybe you've got the number one or two seed lined up if you're have a you know if you're sixteen or fifteen and zero. Yeah. But man, I think you got to go for something. Yeah, like that. no, no doubt. I, that's important. Yeah, and that's, that's like if if let's say the the Saints wrap up the number number one seed and um. And Drew Brees has got a chance to set, I forget, the overall all, uh, yards record, which I don't think – which including playoffs. I don't think he can catch um, Brady this year with that. He's a couple thousand, I think, away. Um, do you let him play? Absolutely. Does he need to get that? Absolutely. Because you never know in the offseason what, what could happen. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah, if you're going for something, go get it. But otherwise, you're sitting. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. All right, Tony. I had one other thing, and then we can get into our, our buys and sales and playoffs okay. but, uh, and anything else you want to get into. But I really thought it was interesting, and LJ should have been proud. Denver beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 24 to 17. Denver has now defeated two seven win teams in consecutive weeks. Denver looks legit. Yep. And I think it's a possibility. I know Denver will not be one of the teams that I'm saying can't make the playoffs this week. <laughs> I think it's still a long shot. I do. But I think Denver's got a shot. And so I wondered kind of what – if you got to watch – I didn't get to watch that one. Uh, maybe you did. Yeah. Uh, if you had any thoughts yeah, about I, that game. I watched that game, and it was a really good game. And I, I – 
And I've been on the Broncos bandwagon, and I don't, uh, you tell LJ's credit, they're they're a better team. And and you know we've kind of talked about you know you could have a lot worse quarterbacks in Case Keenum, like Blake Bortles. Uh, but you know, um, but I, yeah, I think no they're. Doubt. And I think when Demarius Thomas left town, I think a lot of people said, "Yeah, well, they're done." And but I think they've shown uh, that that was just a situation where they thought they had a player or their scheme uh, could fit. Uh, uh, could could fit that fit that mold without Demarius, and so a couple things happened this week in that game. Uh, Jeff Hurman, their tight end, uh, broke his ribs, is now on IR uh, for the remainder of the year. He was having a good, he was having a pretty good season. That's going to be a tough one for them. Not that they threw to him a lot, but he was in there seventy five percent of their plays. That's going to be a tough loss mm. for them, especially in their run game. Uh, and Cortland Sutton uh, didn't rise to the occasion. Uh, he did not. I was so, going to bring that up. He certainly yeah, did. Yeah, and, and so that's kind of disheartening. Those are the kind of situations where – and we talked about D.J. Moore rising up when Torrey Smith went down. You know, Cortland Sutton, the first week Demarius was gone, had a pretty good week, but he's kind of slacked off a little bit. He's not doing what they need him to do now. Emmanuel Sanders carried them yesterday. That was – or Sunday. He had a phenomenal game. Uh, but uh, oh, but he's kind of been carrying them all yeah, year, Tony. And you so, know? and you knew he's going to do that against his old team. But uh, I, the Broncos now they got a shot. Uh, I did. I don't know their exact remaining schedule, but when I was listening to the uh, after um, the after game show, they they said that their schedule is a lot easier coming down the stretch than it is for a lot of the other playoff contenders. And uh, uh, so, uh, you know, if you look in the AFC with Tennessee and Baltimore kind of getting beat up. Uh, it could be San Diego and Den- Denver has just a legitimate shot. I mean, the Colts are the other team, but they have some games that they're really going to have to play well in. They've got a tough one coming up this week. So um, we'll see. Uh, I think I think the Broncos definitely on the outside looking in, but they're still looking, you know. Let's see. They play the Bengals next week, Tony. So that's, that's, uh, a good that's win a certainly there. a winnable that game. Is, that team has laid um, down. Yeah, I think they're done. And did you see – now we're getting on another thing. They're talking about Hugh Jackson's going to take over for Marvin Lewis. What? 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 No. I saw that today. No, 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 that no, they're, no. they're talking about he's the successor. No. I'm like, are you no, freaking be kidding me? That that can't be the case. I, he's one of my – he's one of my uh, – Candidates for we are who we thought we were. Losers, man. Everywhere Hugh Jackson goes, he can't win a fucking game. He leaves the Browns. Yeah, he comes yeah. to the Bengals. They haven't won a game since. But yeah, no, I, I I don't see that. I don't see that. But yeah, but so well, I, I think that you know. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. But I think the Colts and the and the Broncos are probably fighting it out for that last place. I know I'm I'm dissing my my Tennessee Titans and I'm dissing the Baltimore Ravens, but. I'm a little concerned that Lamar Jackson, uh, Flacco's going to be back this week. I think they've caused themselves a controversy, and we'll we'll they see have. what happens. But, uh, I, hey, the Broncos have a shot. They have a shot. You know, as we've talked, I think if Harbaugh puts Flacco back in as starting quarterback, I think the people in Baltimore are going to be disappointed. They want to see the kid play. And what I hope they do is they fire Harbaugh, and them. I don't want the Clapper to have a great – I don't want him to mess around and make the yeah. playoffs and make some noise. I want to get another coach, yeah. although he's done semi-well we're lately. Going, we're going to find out Thursday. Uh, well, this is real. We're going to find out Thursday. We're going to find out Thursday with this real, 
real or legit. That's one of the three games. There's three games that really stand out to me coming up, and that's this Dallas-New Orleans. We got Minnesota at New England this week, and we got the Chargers, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I think is maybe the Sunday night. Sunday night game. The thing about the Chargers-Steelers, neither one of them really have that thing to win for because the Steelers now have blown out. They're still good. They got a two-game lead on the Ravens. Uh, and it's not like the Bengals or the or the Browns are going to catch them. Uh, so because um, uh, I think they're seven or game and a half because they're seven three and one, and the Bengals well, yeah, are six and it, five. Well, now I'm just showing Pittsburgh seven and three. I, I'm showing they still have a bye week. To no, go, they're seven three and one. They've got that tie are with they, Cleveland okay. to start the year. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah. Right. So they've got that's a game right. and a half on on Baltimore. And this is where this is where that tie turns out to be just like a win in this situation. So, mm. uh, but uh, yeah, I think the rate the we'll see if the Ravens can continue. But yeah, that so that Chargers. Steelers game, although will be entertaining, sorry, except LJ shouldn't turn into that because there'll be a lot of offense. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Ben Roethlisberger. And Ben Roethlisberger. So, so I, you know, that means he's going to watch the whole thing. I heard him talk about him and Hannah watching that game. I heard that. I know he's secretly a Roethlisberger fan. I know he's got Big Ben sheets on that bed. I know what's going on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I, that, 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 I hate to say it, but the Cowboys – the Cowboys Saints game this week on Thursday night. I hate Thursday night football, but boy, this is a big one. Both of these guys played last Thursday, so they've got to had a week of rest. Should be a pretty good, pretty good matchup. I am really looking forward to that one. I, as much as I hate to say that, you know, you got to say the Thursday night games have been better, have been better. this year. I mean, they've been there've been some good yeah, games. They really have. Night. I, I got to give them credit. Uh, they must have heard. I, I guess that. Complaint letter that I sent in must have uh, made its way to the commissioner, I guess. Oh, I'm sure that they paid prompt mm-hmm. attention to that, Tony. I'm sure they did. Okay. What else do you have on the NFL before we get into our regular last segment of uh, of playoffs, bye-bye-bye, and who we thought they were? Anything else you want to cover? No, let's move into it, man. Let's go. Well, let's just start. We're going to start with the who we thought they were. <laughs> and I will go first. Yes on this because it's a guy I've already mentioned. But who we who we thought they were this week for me, and I don't I didn't choose him. I did see I picked uh Denver out of the playoffs, unfortunately. I said Denver <laughs> but I have, so that may come to haunt back to haunt me. Uh as I did Seattle. Anyway, so my who we thought they were this week is Patrick Rivers. I'm telling you, I'm impressed with the guy. I think he's having as good a season at, I think he's thirty six years old, uh, as he's ever had. I think he's got some offensive tools. The, the loss of Melvin Gordon is going to be very difficult. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. They could use him this week against Pittsburgh. But uh, but Patrick Rivers is going to be who I thought he was. I thought he was a hell of a good quarterback, a potential Hall of Famer. And uh, that's who I'm picking this week. Okay. So, for me, who we thought they were, we already thought they were, I am going with Baker Mayfield. And the reason I'm going okay. with Baker Mayfield is not because they won that game, but I don't know if you saw afterwards um, how he wouldn't hug Hugh Jackson. And he, he just shook his hand and he made several statements and he got kind of into a tiff with the ESPN analyst. I can't remember who their name was. But this guy, he's an asshole, but he's a fighter. This is the guy you want on your team. Now, again, the only yes, people he can't run are the Fayetteville police, but – it's another opportunity for us to get a mention in there for the Fayetteville Police Department. But here's a guy who's tough and don't take no shit. If you're a team that's coming off two back-to-back 0-16 seasons and you've won two or three games and you're trying to restructure and get yourself a tougher 
facade. This is the guy you want, right? I love that. I I guarantee you Jason Garrett wouldn't have done that. Jason Garrett would have hugged it out with you and said, I wish you the best of luck. Not Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's like, fuck you, man. You went over to the Bengals. You're my enemy right now. Hey, if we play golf some other time, that's fine. But right now, I'll shake your hand. But that's the way it is, man. It's football. But I ain't hugging it's your football. ass. That is yeah. old school, no. and that's the way you should play it. And I, So for me, we knew that's the way Baker Mayfield was. He was an asshole. I love it. He is who we thought he was. Well, you know, also, Tony, you had that little comment about, well, we know who's calling the plays now, and we believe in them which is nothing <laughs> but a cut to the former regime of Todd Haley and, and Hugh Jackson. So I'm with you on that. I like Baker yeah. Mayfield. I think uh, he's, a, he's a guy you want on your team. That's right. No doubt about that's it. That's right. Well, all right. So while you have the floor, uh, why don't you tell me who you're buying this week, Tony? You know, I'm struggling on this one uh, because, you know, I was going through it. I was looking at things like, damn, there's a lot of good people I haven't bought yet. Uh but, you know, uh, I think I haven't bought them, talked about them. I know you talked about them. You weren't quite ready. You've 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 marked them off. But I am. Uh, well, no, actually, you know what? I can do last one. I'm going to change my you change change mind. I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy the L.A. Chargers. I think they have finally established okay. that they have the opportunity to win more than one playoff game. Uh, I, I don't know if they hooked up with Kansas City. That's going to be a tough one. But I see them as being able to compete with the Patriots. If Gordon is back, they can survive these next three weeks and still make the playoffs as a wild card team without Gordon if they win mm-hmm. one or two of those. Two of the next four, I think they're going to be fine. Um and will still be that wild card. They're not going to be their division winner. Uh, there's no way that they're going to catch the Chiefs. But I, I say no, there's not no way, but it's very improbable that they will. Uh, so they're going to be that top wild card, probably going to play uh, – uh, uh, probably going to play Pittsburgh. So we're probably going to get to see a preview of that this week. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to buy the chargers. Well, you know, I can't argue with you. I bought them a couple of weeks ago myself and, and, uh, I do like them. So I cannot disagree with you in the least. So my buy, 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 I actually was going to buy a team that I see I've already bought. So, <laughs> What I'm going to do is I'm going to buy the quarterback of that team, and the quarterback is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, you know, I'm telling you, did you see him? I saw – I didn't see the whole game last night. I watched a weird show with Tammy. Never (laughs) want to go into details on that. But (laughs) – no, it was not a home movie. But – and that would be an interesting concept for another podcast, but it won't be on this one. But – Deshaun Watson is turning back into what we thought he might be at the first of the season. So he is running the ball. Uh, He's obviously very athletic. He can wing it. He can get out of the way of danger. I'm not seeing him take the bad hits that he took earlier in the year. I'm seeing him get down a little bit better. Good Lord, he's got... I mean, he's got DeAndre Hopkins to throw to, who I think is arguably the best receiver yeah, in the NFL that he's in that, in that ago, league. Yeah. And he's got Demarius Thomas. Yeah. Demarius Thomas now. Lamar Miller's running the ball. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, I, I like the Texans. I like Deshaun Watson. So that's – I'm buying Deshaun uh, yeah. Watson. This Man, week. that's a great pick. And, you know, I – I call him like I see him. You know, I went down and Jacob and I went to go see the Texans play the Giants. Uh, you did. And the yeah. Giants beat yeah. him. And I was really down. And that's when that was the third loss. They have not lost 
since that game. And so I guess I called them out and they figured it out. Said, oh, man, Uncle Tony is pissed off. We better start winning. (laughs) I'm sure that's what it was. But since that game, they have not lost. You know when that started? You know when that started? That that winning streak started when Frank Reich at Indianapolis went for it on that fourth and whatever when we thought he should have kicked mm-hmm. the field goal. Um, but he went for it, didn't make it. The right. Texans won that game, and they hadn't they lost, lost since. since. They got a break. And that's amazing, isn't it? That's the way sometimes sports works. You get that one break, you get a little confidence, you move forward. So two things on that, on De- on Deshaun Watson won. I, you know – Another reason why I think players are coming back too soon from ACL injuries. He wasn't himself the first few weeks. They were protecting him. I, I I think that shows now. I think he's back to full strength. We're lucky that he didn't get hurt during that time, during that time period. And so uh, I, I think that that's really showing what he can do. Uh, and I tell you what, the best off the, the best trade during that middle at the trade deadline was Demarius Thomas. I, 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 there's no doubt about yeah. it. You saw you saw that last night. Tennessee is not a bad defense at all, and uh, and and Demarius Thomas at the goal line uh, in the red zone, phenomenal, phenomenal. No doubt. I couldn't yeah. agree more. Couldn't agree more. All right, so we're going to finish it up with uh, now. You have to tell me a team, and it's getting a little tougher because we've eliminated a lot of the just ne'er do wells. So now we're into who will not make the playoffs. And it, it hurts me to say this because, you know, for about six weeks, seven weeks, they made me a lot of money. But I, I got to say the Detroit Lions are not making the playoffs. They have just been hurt too much. Uh, the trade of Golden Tate, uh, Theo Riddick didn't, didn't really pan out there when they moved him out to that slot. And now on Johnson didn't play on Thursday. Questionable for this week. Marvin Jones is now on IR. Um, you know he was week to week with him out. You've got Kenny. Go- Kenny. Go- He's on IR. Yeah. I didn't now know you got that. Kenny okay. Galladay, and I believe uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I don't know some guys <laughs> yeah, playing. It's not going <laughs> tight to these and uh, it's just tough. And so uh, Carry On could come back and 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 get them a little bit. I mean, I'm I. I took the Packers out of the playoffs two, three weeks ago, although Aaron Rodgers still, for some reason, thinks he can make the playoffs. Uh, but, um, you know, well, good for He's him. He's not. So I, I know Kevin will appreciate yeah. that. But um, uh, I, I think Detroit's now out of it, and and it was a good run. But Matt Patricia can now load up and get ready for 2019. Well, you know, I, I was I was on three teams, and I, I wound up picking the same one you did. But, I mean, Atlanta and Green Bay were both yeah. teams that I kind of thought about. But – and I heard this name today, but the quarterback of the Detroit Lions could be named Stat Padford <laughs> because he can pad the stats. There's no doubt about it. But what he can't do is w. win games. You know, there's no W. He, he can't get Ws. So Stat Padford <laughs> – and the Detroit Lions are who I'm picking to be out of the playoffs as well. So I'm on the bandwagon with you. Stat, Stat Patrick, Patrick. The yeah, Detroit no, Lions. No W there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't wait to use that. Yeah. I heard that today. I thought it was just Golly. hilarious. So, and I like I like Stafford. I do well, yeah, actually like the tough, guy, but he just can't you know, get W's. He's, he's tough, tough cookie. cookie. And we give him Gotta a hard time. And a uh, good buddy of ours that plays in fantasy football who is still yet to win a championship has been riding him for a long time. And dadgummit, he just – Maybe that's why he yeah, had one championship. But the kid is tough. <laughs> you know, he doesn't miss many ball games, and he is a good quarterback. Just dang, he just can't win. 
Just can't win. Just can't win. Well, I think he's got a bad coach now. I don't believe in sta- uh, Matt yeah, Patricia. If it wasn't the fact Bill O'Brien is doing so well, we could go back to that. Who the hell out there from the Patriots is doing well? You know, because Vrabel, we were all like, hey, Vrabel at the Tennessee Tigers. Hey, look, he's doing pretty good. He might be okay. No. But Bill O'Brien no. all of a sudden has won eight in a row. Shit. You know, and there he is. Yeah. But there, there he is. There he is. Well, my man, what else have you got that you want to bring up? You know, we got to talk about Gordon. I, unless we want to, you know, go real old school and say, so who do you think the number one seed's going to be in Razorback fantasy football? Is it? Well, is it? It's not going to be me. I don't know. You got a uh, shot. I, man, I have really taken a dive these last few weeks you. now. Nobody's interested in this but us probably, but I've got a team that can score points. I've got a team that could score points on any given week. They've just chosen not to do that the last three. But So, I mean, I think you're a possibility. I've got a shot. A very strong possibility. I've got a shot. Um, Who else is up there with the record in the points? Believe it or not, it's Um, our our man who has has a tendency to have his uh, taint cramp up. Our good buddy Sojin Rue has won eight in a row. And is now in line to get the uh, number one seed. He's got a little more points, but if I win, I'm the number one. If he wins, he's probably the number one. But uh, for those guys out there that listen to this, if you play fantasy football, here I think is the favorite for our league and probably the best name in all of fantasy football, Mr. Cuddles. Mr. Cuddles, (laughs) probably going to win our league. He's outscored everybody by over 100 points. His owner is crabby. He doesn't believe he's ever going to win. And those are the kind of guys. He's kind of like the Bill Belichick of our league. You know, he's always got a bad face on saying he's not playing very well. And he's lost a few close games, but by God, he's scoring points. He's got eight guys that can score 20 points at any point in time. So go out there and name your guys. Everybody out there listen to the podcast next year when you're setting up your fantasy football leagues. Name those teams, Mr. Cuddles. Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> Mr. Cuddles. Yeah. So you know what? You, and, and all right, listeners, I don't know if you know this. Kevin's team name in another league that we're in is Turn Your Head and Golf. That's <laughs> his team name. Isn't that nice? Well, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's better than testing. I don't know what verticals. you say to that, but yeah. <laughs> well, all right, Doctor Liff, I want to say you've done a phenomenal job being the ombudsman for Just Press Play <laughs> podcast. I think you've done a phenomenal. Do you like apples? Do you like apples? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we will see what the two young wonders do with these uh, these old guys uh, podcast and see how this all comes out. But uh, hey, as the song goes, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm good once as I ever was. As good once as I ever was. That's right, baby. (laughs) There it is. I think with that, we're out. Peace. Peace. I get on a roll, I talk too much. I need to be careful. But yeah, it was good.